back. It's Every Playlist Tells a Story. I'm Todd. I'm Jimmy. And uh, back in the studio from our last episode, visiting Mr. Corey at uh, Doc Sports Bar. That was a good time. Yeah, it's um, it's nice to get out and about every once in a while. It is good to see the world. Not stuck in the basement here, but though the basement is looking nice. Done some remodeling, yep. Yeah, the floor is looking fantastic. Thank you. I mean, it's been... It's been going for a couple months it's, now. Uh, so we started Thanksgiving and finished up where we are now last Monday. So almost two months. Here. Yeah, yeah. It's concrete under the carpet, so there's a lot of glue scraping. About how much glue did you lay down? We didn't lay down any glue. This is all float. How much glue was laid down? More than enough. More than enough. more than enough. Okay, <laughs> enough to keep carpet down and keep it in place. I can imagine like a trash barrel full. It seemed ridiculous. Yeah. 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 Okay. Was, so yeah, carpet is trending out, and yep. hardwood flooring is in. Well, it's you know hopefully cut down on dust and pet hair, and you know been here a while, so it's time for the carpet to come up. But it makes you wonder how shag ever got to be trendy. You know, yeah. back in the day, it's just a look. I don't know. It's just something. I think it's just a new new newness of it. Carpet's great when it's brand new. Well. What I'm saying is, is that hardwood flooring has been around for hundreds of years. Right. And now it's like the thing to do. Well, the the biggest difference I notice is it's a little louder down here. There's nothing softening, you know, it's a little cooler. Well, yeah, you lost all that beautiful shag. You know, it wasn't shag. It was that short Berber stuff. <laughs> shag. <laughs> all right. But it looks nice. It does look well, nice. Well, thank you. Thank you. very very... Uh, very clean, very new, very a lot of newness. Done here. everything ourselves, repainted baseboards. It's been a quite the project, but uh, learned a lot. Learned a lot about what I can and can't do. And uh, what can't you do? Nothing yet. So there's no. Uh, so the possibilities. Are possibilities endless. are endless. Okay. Yep. All right. Good deal. A lot of room. A lot yeah. of room for me to expand. So next phase is upstairs. You gonna hardwood floor that? Well, it's it's the vinyl plank stuff. It's not real hardwood. But oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, the entire floor. Well, we'll do. I think we're gonna do the bedroom first, repaint it, see how that goes, and then the big one will be like the living room and okay, kind of going into the bedrooms, and then yeah, there's a there's a what's it a rolling project list. As one gets done, we move on to the next. Now, is this your list or is this uh, the wife's? It's combined. It's combined. It's stuff we've talked about for a while. You know, we started doing some stuff at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was locked down. Didn't do as much as we wanted to do these big projects, you know, because the pandemic was coming when it was kind of nice outside. So did a bunch of stuff outside. But now that it's cold and yucky outside, it's time to do the inside stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done before, you know, the... The flowers start blooming yep. in late yep. March here. So got a couple of months, get some painting done. And, you know, because once it gets warm again, I got another list outside crap, sealing windows and staining things. And re- I've started rebuilding the fire pit, ran out of time on that. So I've got finished that up and just tons of stuff. Fire pit. Now, are we talking like a temple? No, it's. Are you talking about rebuilding? No, it's just kind of. It's always. The fire pit's always kind of been. We've got this huge ass metal ring. That we just dug a hole and sat it down in a hole. It's a big, it's huge. It's it's a uh, pit. It's like an old, like, I guess, coal shaker piece of metal. Okay. It's pretty badass, but it's been great. But it's always just kind of sat in the middle of the yard, you know, put block around it. And anytime you go sit by it, you're just sitting in a chair in the grass. So 
we decided when we were kind of doing things last year to kind of get some block and kind of outline it, put some gravel in it, and shit like that. So just try oh, to make it good for your toes there. Yeah, mm. just try to make it a little prettier. So, gotcha. So that's, you know, it's like an old birdhouse thing I got to move. And because where I moved the fire pit to to do this project is next to where we put a birdhouse. So I got to move the birdhouse now so it's not right above the fire pit. And that could be bad. It, oh, yeah. Yeah, I know it's bad. But it's, you know, it's a birdhouse I planted years ago, and it's a big old concrete ball at the bottom of it, so that's going to be a mess trying to dig up and move. So lots of fun stuff to do. You should put a bad box out there, you know, keep I, it away I've the insects. I've thought about a bad box before. It seems like, but it seems like I've read something about it's not the greatest thing in the world to do. What it seems that? like they come with their own set of problems, like the <laughs> the mess they make, maybe. And we got enough problems with the geese, so. Oh, they poop on you. I guess. I guess they, they poop do. as they fly. Yeah, I think so. And right now the yard's full of goose poop, so that could be a hell of a battle, the goose and the bats. Yeah, yeah. Could be you could turn into something. I don't you know. Sucking the blood out of We got a beaver out there. Maybe, maybe a way to get rid of them. You know, I know you're not a biggest fan. Yeah, no, I yeah, I don't know. I mean they're nice. Like I said, springtime they're good to look at because they have the babies and those are cute, but then they just get annoying. Like right now they're annoying. I go out there and there's two hundred and fifty of them. Shoot a bottle rocket in the air, pops, and they move along. That's that's how you handle it? That's how I handle it. Bottle rockets in the air. Lordy. Pop, pop. They're just trying to make a living in this world. I guess, yeah. Just, and here you are, you know. Well, you know, quit pooping in my yard, man. Playing on their insecurities. I guess. Well, they ain't got a toilet. They can do their, there's plenty of field around here, man. They go do their business somewhere else. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it's it, lakefront no, property, though. It is a ridiculous mess. It's, I mean, oh, I can imagine. it's insane. It is insane how much of a mess they make. Does it like interfere with your mowing? It doesn't really interfere with the mowing, but it interferes with going out and walking through the yard. Cause you're just walking through all that shit. Oh, it's a big white, um, big, big white yeah. piles. Yeah. They create yeah, piles everywhere. And man, you know, there've been days where you get up in the morning and they've been up on the driveway and you just got to get the power hose up. It's, it's nuts. Is there not another lake around here? I mean, this is like stripper yeah, pit country, right? Yeah, there's all kinds of lakes all over the place around here. So there's, there's all it, kinds of places. It's just, for whatever reason, I think we've got a neighbor that feeds them, and there's a couple of oh, boxes on the water, a couple houses down. And that's a problem. Some older folks down there like to keep the wildlife fed and supported, which is fine, but it's if you're feeding the possums and the skunks, that's problematic. Like, yeah, it goes with it. I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it is what it is, man. It's, I've been fighting it for 20 years. So. How was your New Year's? New Year's was uneventful. Did some stuff in the basement. Made around and watched some TV. Did you watch any of the, like, New Year's Eve? I don't think you know, like I. Dick I, Clark's Rockin' the Eve I stuff? I don't think so, no. I don't think I watched the ball drop. I saw a headline where Cindy Lopper and J-Lo's performance was bizarre. Okay, I haven't heard anything about and, it. You know, I, I, I'm going to revisit that. Yeah, I'll have to look that up. Because, you know, I was on vacation. Right, yep. This is the first New Year's Eve I did not have to work a hockey game in nine years. No kidding. It's been a New Year's Eve game every year since that, since the new building opened. Right. And, you know, it's just dynamics of my position and what I do. I, I got to be there. Yeah. Mainly because we got kind of inventory between... That New Year's Eve game and the first event of the year. Oh, so for, if you've got a if you've got something on the second, you got a small window of time. Small window of time, yeah. Okay. And there's been you know like I know like the Lady Aces or I'm sorry the UE Women's Basketball Program right had had 
a New Year's Day game. Yes. So we would count pretty much the night, New Year's Eve night, and then the morning, and then the auditors got to come in and yep. do a spot check of it all and before the game starts. Wow. Even though, you know, there's usually only a couple stands open for and is, is that game. because that's the end of the fiscal year? Correct. Okay. Yeah. But because of COVID, there was, uh, the inventory was down. There was immaterial. They didn't right, yeah. come in. Okay. Uh, there was no events. So I was like, you know what, honey? We, we, last time we had New Year's Eve off, we were down in Disney. Let's do it again. Right. So, you know, here we are. We celebrated 2010 going to 11, and we were down there celebrating 20 and the 21. All right. And um, it was good. Yeah. Uh, the two-year-old had a great time. Yeah. I Did saw real good with the she mask. She had a great time. It, it, I was really afraid the masks would not work. You know, her. I read I read something on your wife's post, one of the comments, somebody talking about how great it looked like she did, and it seems like you guys did some work ahead of time. It was all about stickers. It's really as simple as that. Right. Uh, just, um, you know, if you want a sticker, you got to put your mask on. Okay. And that was, daycare was on board with that, and and all that training worked out. All right. How long did, how long of a process was that? Uh, let's say it was probably a month in the war. It may really that quick. That's a, that's pretty good. Yeah. It was a quick turnaround. I mean, mm-hmm. the reality of what may go wrong. Right. I mean, it, even if we couldn't get into parks or whatever, we was like, well, I mean, we go to the beach or do something. Sure. You know, we were down, it's warmer there. I mean, it was like 60s, 70s. Oh, we got in the eighties one day. Okay. So it was nice weather. Do mm-hmm. anything you wanted. Southern Indiana cold here. I heard it rained a lot. Yeah. It was a bunch of rain. Yeah. It was just ugly. Ugly. Yeah, yeah, this is the darkest days right now. Yeah, I think and I, was, I was so excited I got up this morning and the sun was out and it's like it's been cloudy for days. So yeah, I've opened up all the blinds and letting all that sunlight in. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, need I'm, that vitamin. E. I'm ready for it. Disney's. It seems like it's gotten even more expensive. Like you know, five years ago, this is how I measure it because my favorite spot to go in all Disney world. Now, have you ever been to Disney world? We went, have you been it, to Epcot? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you know about the world yep. showcase. Yep. My favorite spot is to go to the Germany pavilion. Okay. Which is like, you know, um, if you haven't been to Epcot, there's, or there's a, like a future world section, which is the one that has that ball that everybody, you know, it looks like a golf ball. Right. I mean, that's, that's the area that's future world. But behind that, there's the World Showcase, and it's basically um, it's basically a lake surrounded by little villages, and each village represents a country. Yep. There's, I've always every time I go, I stop and get the fish and chips. At in England. Yep. In yeah. England. Yeah. So if you go right to left, it's like Canada, England, France, Morocco, United States, Italy, Germany, Norway, and Mexico. I think those are ones. Is there not an, like a China or oh China and Japan? There, yes, yeah. China I was and Japan. Say, there's an Asian something in there, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, that's right. So Germany is the one they have this uh, grapefruit beer. Okay, Schofa Hofa. I think I'm saying it right. Um, used to be like seven dollars, which was pricey, right? But now it's like ten dollars. Wow. So it and they're not. They don't have. It doesn't have much alcohol anyway. And you got to get it because the two year old loves it, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's got fruit juices. Well, yeah, it's got juice in it. It's got, you know, at least 2% fruit juice. So we always stop there, but you can't, I can't afford to get drunk at Disney anymore. You can't, it seems like, it seems like you can't afford to do much. And 
I, it seems like I've seen on the internet prices have gone up over the last couple of years, but I gotta believe that with everything going on with the pandemic that we're all dealing with and nobody being able to go and do that stuff, people are still going, but their numbers gotta be way low. So you gotta believe you offset that with raising the price of stuff is what I gotta think. To oh do. yeah. I mean, just from a business perspective, it's your, your bottom line is, is based on what your, your expenses are and, if if you've got to make up for those expenses, that's how you do it. Seven dollar beer becomes ten dollar beer. Yeah, and there's it that's I think it's just beginning. Which too. at the end of the day seems like it hurts the servers more than anyone because when you're Oh, doing, they aren't allowed to take tips. Oh, they aren't allowed to take tips? Yeah. Really? I, I believe me, I've tried. Really? And they adamantly cannot like somebody's watching them. Really? Okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's uh huh. it's, it's strange. Okay. But like if you do a sit down restaurant thing right. yeah you, you can tip there okay it's the walk-up ones I guess, so are you exclusive disney or do you ever go to universal oh we've done well we actually spent three days around sea world this week oh okay and then spent four days at disney okay we ran to the car we went to the beach we right went to Cocoa beach one day right um so no we've done universal too okay. universal is cool i say it's the, the harry potter world is to me, cool as hell. Yeah, it's cool as hell. Yeah. And nothing's then, as cool as, um, oh, what's a Halloween? Uh, oh, I know what you're talking about. I've never gone to one, but I want to go to one so bad. Fantastic, man. Yeah. Fantastic time. We've talked, we've got some friends that go and they've talked good things and we've talked about it, but it's just, it's never, scheduling wise, it's never worked out. So, yeah, October can be busy yeah. in the concert world. But yeah, that is, well, and then the theme changes every year. So it's, you kind of want to find a year to go that, you're into it. Like I think last year, wasn't last year or the year before like a Rob Zombie thing? There was no, one it year changes Rob, every year. Yeah. One year was a, I know one year was like a walking dead. 2017 I went and it was the shining was a headline. Oh my God. Shining maze. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the best. I'll tell you what, if, if you got a lot of time to like, that is one of the most analyzed movies ever. Mm-hmm. The shining. Yeah. Uh, there's, this, there are, countless youtube videos analyzing really the shining like my favorite one i've discovered last month was that like i'll just say this one for example that wendy is a central problem to the story like everything happening in that in that uh movie is all based on wendy's point of view wendy's the one that's crazy jack was never crazy really like it they say as um Whenever Wendy knocks out Jack yeah. on the staircase with the bat, that at that point is where Wendy drags him on out to the maze. And everything else is just a, a delusion in her head. No kidding. Like, you know, Scatman Crothers I've shows up. That. He shows up and he's going around the hotel. But she, in her head, is dreaming that, you know, Jack killed um, Scatman. What in reality, what happened was, is that. Jack's already dead out in the maze. Wendy grabs Danny, jumps into Scatman's, you know. The bear cat. His bear cat. It takes off, leaves Scatman there by himself. Huh. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's crazy. That's, that's a movie that I, I've got on my DVR. And as many times as I've watched it, I won't, I won't delete it. Because at any moment, I could sit down and watch it. I love that movie. But, but watch that's one of those analytical movies. Because they point out, so like, every scene... Like the, they'll show something and next scene it's not there. Right. It's like, it's all just kind of like a dream, huh. you know, 
like there would be like some furniture in one shot, right? And then it'll switch to the other character and go back to the that's the same shot, and like the furniture would be gone. Whereas there, on the last shot, but you don't notice it because you're focused on the person in the right person uh, yeah, talking. To look, that that sounds exciting. It's, it's pretty cool. That's pretty, pretty cool. Interesting concept. Yeah. And this time of year, especially with, you know, winter time. And oh, everything yeah. Else. Yeah. This makes a movie even more bizarre. Yep, it does. Have you seen the Doctor Sleep? The oh, grown, yeah. Grown Up Danny? What do you think about that? Yeah, very cool. I liked it. It, was, it wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I wasn't sure what to expect because I didn't read the book. Yeah, I didn't either. I didn't either. But it's, I, th- I thought it was good, but it was just, I don't know. I, it was interesting to me. I like the concept of it. Expanded on the you know the shining itself yeah but um it kind of i thought it leaned too much on the past movie like when they went back to the hotel right and yeah all that. yeah I, I don't know if all that was necessary but i guess they are afraid that if it didn't have enough reference yeah you got reference original, yeah. you know yeah that's a tough spot to make a movie with when you got your sequel to a classic you know oh yeah and then yeah so many years apart too yeah yeah it was original but it didn't obviously didn't sell well no yeah I don't know. I maybe because it, nobody could make the connection. Doctor Sleep was a sequel to The Shining. Maybe they I should get, put yeah. The Shining in the title. Right. Yeah. But uh, I liked it. Yeah, it was pretty good. good. Okay. I've got uh, we're on episode thirty-five. Thirty-five episodes, and uh, happy to report that up until as of today, we have had five star ratings on the Apple platform. Have have had nine five star. And it's been bugging me to death. How long has it been? Nine? Oh, I want to say months. Feels months. Like, it feels like forever. Sorry. And I'm happy to report that we've we've gotten to ten. We've we are double, broken through we are the double ceiling. digit five star ratings. Wow. So Wow. Yeah, All this hard work's paying off. Slow burn. Uh, you Take, know what? Taking our time. It, it takes a while to build a temple yeah. by hand. I was watching something the <laughs> I like I like that. Yeah, so once it hits, buddy, it's oh, it's, there's no yeah. turning back. We should enjoy this now before it gets crazy. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know that's why they talk about sophomore slump because you had all your entire life, right, to get you know to prepare for your debut album or movie yep. or whatever. You got such a small window to make your follow up. And I've also, I've often thought about that, and you know, you hear about okay, somebody's going to put a record together and it's going to be ten songs long, and they've got twenty songs that they're picking from. Mm-hmm. Doesn't it seem logical to say, you know what, these seven songs are the best ones, put half of them on the first album, half of them on the second album, so you can avoid that sophomore slump. But you're assuming that you're going to be successful. Well, yeah, well you're assuming you're picking the right songs, too. I don't know. Yeah. See, it seems like good fiscal planning ahead advice. Oh, yeah. You uh, want to have, a, it, but it'd be day, best you, have a boatload of songs before you start. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I get the, you know, you want your debut to be full of the strong, best. the best. Yeah. But it seems like you maybe tuck a couple of those away just for future endeavors. But then again, the music business now is crazy. So it's, I mean, it's Albums not even album related. It's, it's all just singles. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, that's true. I, I do. And then we have not seen each other since Christmas. Like you said, I do have something to share with you. I've not told you about. Now, do you remember I talked about my. My fabulous brother's prank every year. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? I'm going to walk away for a second. Okay. He's literally, he's physically walking away from the microphone. Oh my God. Ladies and gentlemen, I, 
Oh, what's the size? That's like five foot by four foot blanket, and it's a just a picture of a picture of his of his toe. It's that is that is the picture of his busted up toe. He, he basically took a picture and and put it on a blanket. Put it on a blanket. A five by four blanket. That was my Christmas gift from him. Was he there to present it? No, he we were COVID separated and all that stuff. So okay. uh, he mailed it, it to you. No, it was we went over to my mom's and kind of did separate visitation kind of things. And when we went over there, I was opening it and I was she was taking pictures of me opening stuff, which is so he was there first. I think he dropped it off the night before. Okay, but he wanted it was, to make sure he's yeah, there for wanted to make arrival. sure I got it. So yeah, she took pictures and she was taking pictures and video of me opening presents, which I was like. It was kind of bizarre. Yeah, one of my six. Right, know? exactly. And, uh, I mean, as soon as I opened that up, I was like, what in the hell, a blanket? And then it came in a little plastic bag, and I kind of opened it. And as soon as I started pulling it out, I, I could see the colors of what was on it. Okay. And I've seen these. These are the deals where I don't know where he got it done, but, like, I know you go, like, Walmart or Walgreens or CVS, one of those places where you, or internet, you send them a picture, and then they put the image on a blanket. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen him make calendars yeah. out there. And I mean, I saw, I saw the color scheme. This is the same picture that's been haunting you for this years. This is the same picture, yeah. Exact same, okay. And so I guess back when I'm, the expl- explanation I've gotten is I made the comment that it's either going to go away or it's going to get bigger. <laughs> oh, and so he did went, it ever. So he went big. Yeah. He went big on this one, so. God, well, I can't imagine where you, where do you go from here after making I, a. I hope, I hope that's it. I hope this is the finale. Oh, you know it's not. I don't know, man. I feel like it might be. I feel like yeah. It's you t- think it's top of the mountain for him? I think I hope so. I, I, if he's got any, if he's got any, if he's got tenth not of your challenge creativity, him. do not challenge him. If he's got a tenth of your creativity, he's going to brother. Close your ears. Don't listen to this nonsense. Did take it to poor shit. Yeah, you've you've done it. Yeah, you're you're at the you're at the bottom of the mountain going up. <laughs> Do not listen to this horse shit. Yeah. So, so yeah, I wanted to share that with you. I, you know, I would say uh, confetti cannon maybe next. God, man. Oh, Jesus. All over your porch. Holy crap. <laughs> All I know is I can't, I was, I, and my wife wasn't feeling very well, so she didn't go over to my mom's for the Christmas thing, but I got home and I brought that box in and she's like, what's in the box? And it felt like seven. It's like, you don't want to know. <laughs> You're Brad Pitt. You, huh? you don't want to know. No, no. What, what's in the box? You don't even ask. You don't want to know. Oh, boy. And, I, you know, what so, is it? Well, I got it from my brother. Like, well, I was like, trust me. And then I think when I, I think when it finally came to light at what it was, I think it was, I don't even want that in my house. Right. So, yeah, I know. I know you don't. All right. I tried I to I got to figure you. out what to do with it. We'll think of something. Yeah, we'll think of something. I don't know. Man, I finally got around. I will tell you, a couple weeks ago, I've been waiting for this to come on and forgotten all about it. And there was Saturday night's the big HBO premiere night. A couple weeks ago, uh, I asked my wife, said, you know, hey, what's, you know, what's the big movie on HBO tonight? The response was, I think, you know, something out on something music or whatever. I think she just glanced at it or whatever. So I went in after I was doing what I was doing and just looked it up, Bee Gees documentary. Nice. I am going to tell you what. I have since watched this thing three times. It oh, yeah. It's fantastic. It's a great story. It is I, so much in it I hadn't even thought of. I mean, it's those guys couldn't write a bad song. No. It's insane. It is insane. Um, what I found so amazing about it is, I ne- and I never stopped to think about it before now, 
but the way their voices blended together. I mean, Justin Dimberlake was talking about, you know, this part here, that could have been a horn section, but it's just their voices doing it. Yeah. And it's just, it's ridiculous. Well, they've been doing this since they were little kids. Oh my God. And then, uh, and the other thing that was amazing is that, uh, the drum beat for staying alive. Freaking loop. Tape loop. Yeah. Yeah. I had no idea. As I guess the drummer had to, I don't know if he was sick or someone in his family was sick, so he had to leave. And so the engineers were just screwing around. And back took, before the drum machine. Back before drum machine, yeah. yeah. Had this, I mean, had this whole, they showed this whole setup of how they had the tape running and it went, you know, around a reel and over a pipe. And I mean, it was insane. So, and it just, it's, you know. And that, and now it's the beat you use whenever you're giving CPR. That's right. That's the tempo. And that's yeah. the irony of it. Yep, exactly. But it was cool as shit. It was cool as hell. Yeah, I like that. Um, what was the song? Um, Jive Talking. Yep. How uh, he came up with a beat for that one. Yep. He's driving across the bridges in Miami. Yeah. And that's how he just got the beat for it to go. And I, I was thinking about that the other night. I was I was watching something on TV and the dishwasher was going. And every now and then you get uh, like a pan or a pot or something in there. To where when the water swooshes by it, it kind of hits it and you hear yeah, it's it. not stable. It makes a beat. All right. Do you ever do you ever find yourself hearing stuff and getting entranced by that like I do? Like I'll do it with the washing machine. I'll do I'll it. start my own drum machine, yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. I hear stuff. I was like, God, it's a fabulous beat. Well, like even in the car, like the turn signal, you know. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You know, and I'll uh-huh. just start getting a beat going on the on uh-huh. the steering wheel. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. You written any songs based off any of those beats? I got to come up with lyrics. What's that? I got to come up with the lyrics. Oh, you got to come up with the lyrics? Okay. Yeah. I'm trying to think of lyrics to uh, go oh, with that. Okay. Any any chart, anything we know? Any Anything you've recorded? Uh, no. So just all been just in, in the mind's eye? No, I, you know, I, I, I keep notes on my, like, uh, what's that app on your cell phone? Uh, notes. One note or what? Yeah. Bruh. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, whenever okay. I get a thought. Uh, the other thing on the BG thing that I, they got associated with that whole Disco Sucks movement and... Everybody hated disco. And what I found fascinating with it is they were, it seemed like they were bummed when they got taken down by that whole disco movement ending. Oh, yeah. But then they just rolled right into writing songs for other people. They just kept on rolling. Islands in the Spring. Yeah. Um, yep. That Stream. one. Uh, there was like a Donna Summer, I think a Celine Dion. I mean, they wrote hits. These guys are magic. Yeah. So, anyway, if you've not seen that Bee Gees thing, I highly recommend Like I said, I've watched it three times. I can't get enough of it. What I love about it is like all the pre-disco stuff, like when they broke yeah. up and yeah, that know, was crazy. All man. the hits they had in the early seventies, they were and, getting, they were, they got together and were doing real good, and then they broke up, and went their own separate ways, and then came back together, and you know, I mean, even that disco sound, that high pitch voicing was all accident, and then you started writing songs around Barry Gibb. You know, I'm actually going to talk about that today. Are you really? A little bit. Okay, I right. got a different point of view, and see I'll if shut it up. matches up with you. I'll shut up. Then, then the only, last thing I got is, you know, my TikTok find of the week. I found this guy, Mr. Dave Hill. It's at Mr. Dave Hill, M-R-D-A-V-E-H-I-L-L. He kind of relates to what the song I talk about today, too. But he's just, he makes me laugh. <laughs> just, you, you don't know what town he's um, don't know what bicycling ta- around? Don't know what, it could be, could be any town USA. Well, it's got to be on the coast because there's a... Seems uh, like it, yeah. There's one with the... the uh, uh, lighthouse. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like it should be on a coast somewhere. So, but I like him. He's, he's one that makes me smile. So you got anything else? No. Oh, well, you're, you're looking up. Nah, I'm not going to get to it in time. I got jive talking in my head. Yeah. Great song. <laughs> Definitely. 
Yeah. But very underappreciated, man. No, I've got nothing nothing else to add. Uh, other than the Saints are, you know, they're yeah. moving on, getting ready to play Tampa Bay this weekend. Right. Um, they've already beat Tampa Bay twice. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the uh, smack talk on social media is, um, you know, we're going to just cruise through. Whoever wins this game is going to the Super Bowl. That's right. what they're all, these Saints fans are saying. I still don't think we're going to get past Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Really? He's just playing out of his mind. And I said that on there, and, then, and they all attacked me. Oh, man. It's like, oh, how, you know, they're frauds. Green Bay's frauds. Okay. It's like they beat us, you know. They beat us in the regular season. How are they fraud? How's a fraud beat you for real? Right. You know, so I didn't argue. You don't, yeah, yeah, one no. thing you don't do is I don't do is argue. And one thing, actually, I did have a note here to bring it up. I noticed you made a comment about the Nickelodeon coverage. Oh, yeah. Of it's the game. Fantastic. Did you watch any of that? Oh, man. I well, forgot all about it. I saw it, and I thought that would be interesting to just kind of watch a couple of minutes of, and then I forgot all about it, and then I saw that you'd commented on it. Was it pretty cool? I watched the first half of the Saints um the Bears, Saints and Bears uh, on CBS. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, second half I'll watch on Nickelodeon to right. see what's all about. So much better. The only thing that I didn't like was that they don't have all the camera angles like CBS does. Right. Like a lot of it's, there's just less cameras involved. For sure, yeah. But, I mean, they got the slime zone. They got SpongeBob celebrating. That's cool. You know, at the end of every touchdown, they, when they kick a field goal or extra point, they got the huge SpongeBob base. Uh, you know, computer right, generated right. on in between the go post. Is that going to become a thing? Is that, are there plans to do so. more of those? Do you know? I hope so. Because, you know, they don't, they're not experts per se, you know, yeah. these Nickelodeon people. Right. I mean, it did have one guy that was a wide receiver in the NFL. It got him there just kind of make sure to get in their football angle straight. But they're more about explaining like penalties oh, that's cool. and explaining what needs to happen here. Right. It was very much a kid's point of view. Like even like when it came time to explain something, they brought up um little Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I guess he's starting his T V series on Nickelodeon or has been uh, Yeah, I think he they're showing so him. He now, would like yeah. pop up and like would explain what well, that's uh, cool. holding call is. And then when he like he'd have a little joke at the end of it All and right. he'd disappear. Yeah. So it was cool. I that's, liked it. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, I thought the concept was awesome. And I, I meant to watch it and didn't, so I'm I'm glad you're here to report on it. I take Nickelodeon over listening to Tony Romo gotcha. talk any day. Okay, yeah. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. And I think it's going to happen again this weekend. I'm not sure what game. Okay, yeah, I have to watch for it. Yeah, yeah, do it. Yeah, it's, it's good it time. sounds exciting. Yeah, cool. You got anything else? No, I'm ready. Uh, you're you want to go first? Uh, sure. I've got you down as going first, but we can oh, certainly think, yeah. mix it up if you'd like. Oh, no, I think you went first last time. Todd, I was cruising through YouTube and came across a video called Songs You Didn't Know Were Covers. Songs That You Did Not Know Were Covers. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, these are ones that I thought they were original songs by the original artist. Okay. Totally surprised. Now, I knew some of them, like, you know, they, they saw Mr. Big's Wild World. Right. You know, I knew that was a Cat Stevens song. Like, hey, play... Mr. Big song, and then they play Cat Stevens gotcha. to let you know that it's the same song. Or Lenny Kravitz, American Woman. By Guess Who originally. By the Guess Who. Ugly uh, Kid Joe, Cats in the Cradle. Yeah. They just like had, it was like a 30-minute video. But there wow. were some that caught me by surprise. Okay. I picked five of them. First one, I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Blackhearts. Really? Not, not a Joan Jett song. Uh, number one hit, Platinum Love. 
platinum level selling hit song for the band, a single that's been that's in the Grammy Hall of Fame. Um, not their song. It was written by Andy Merrill, who just died this past year, and Jake Hooker, both members of a London band called the Arrows. They were the only band in history to have a successful TV series and no record deal. Um, the gist of their TV series was to cater to the British teen market, and we're talking like 75, 76 here. And basically in the show, they play their songs and have guests on the show that varied from artists like Mark Bolin of T-Rex fame. And again, 75, 76 here, uh, the Bay City Rollers, the band Slade, you know, famous for Come On, Feel the Noise, Mama, We're All Crazy Now, Before Quiet Riot, so on and so forth. A lot of, the, you know, the glam rock bands that were in England at the time. Uh, it was their song, The Arrows. They played it on their show, and that's where Joan Jett discovered it and took took her version into the stratosphere. While you were talking, I had to walk over to my stack of records. Oh, your 45s. Oh, let me see. That you got... right there, Joan Jett, I Love Rock and Roll, 45. That is the very first 45 I had ever purchased. Really? Bought it at the Kmart in Newburgh. <laughs> right. I was pro. I, I have no idea how old I even was. I oh wow! I was in pristine. Oh yeah, hardly yeah, hardly take, scratch on this. Take thing. care of it. That's like 1981 there. Yeah, yeah. It says right there. Um, oh wait, that's that's side B. I love rock and roll. Yeah, Jack Hooker, Jake Hooker, and Alan Merrill. Yeah, 1982. Okay, I got you. Backside's got. You don't know what you've got. Bad Reputation album. I never knew that was the cover though. I mean, uh, she did a. I think she did kind of a less famous Crimson and Clover. Right. Yeah, and that was big with... Um, <sighs> Tommy James and Shondells. Shondells, thank you. Yep. Yep. Yep, I knew that one was a cover, but I had no idea the I Love Rock and Roll. That was, that was huge for her. Yeah, that was a monster yeah. album. All right, song number two, Girls Just Want to Have Fun by Cindy Lauper. No way. Yeah, it's a huge hit for Cindy. Reached number two in the Billboard charts in 1983. Grammy winner for music video that year. Went on to be a movie mm-hmm. in, name uh, in 1985, starring a young Helen Hunt and Sarah Jessica Parker. The song was written and, and only originally demoed to try to sell to studios in '79 by Philadelphia native Robert Hazard. Uh, had a less successful career in the '80s, obviously, but you can find on YouTube his version. His version had lyrics from from a guy's point of view about the the fun girls have. Right. It was all guys' point of view. Uh, the demo got to Cindy's management, and Cindy changed up the lyrics, and the rest was history. I think that's why it surprised me, is because the song was such a match to her identity at oh, the time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was. It, it screamed her. Yeah, it screamed. It, yeah. And so that, that threw me off. I, I wasn't expecting that one. Okay. Uh, third song, Betty Davis' Eyes by Kim Carnes. Really? Not her song. Huge hit for Kim Carnes in 1981. Number one hit. Uh, spent nine weeks at number one that year. Won Grammy for Song of the Year and Album of the Year. Ranks number 12 on Billboard's um, 100 Greatest Songs of the First 50 Years. Beaten out by Hey Ya by Little John Ludacris for number 11. Um, Todd, can you guess? I just had to look. Can you guess what the number one song on their list is? Now, we're we're talking, this is Billboard. No. Hot hot 100. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're talking the. 50-year span that was August 1958 to July 2008. And number one song in what category, am I guessing? It's Billboard Hot 100. This pop, pop, you know, top 40 type music. Uh, 
I've already used up my Michael Jackson card. Uh, it's not my. It's a. He's a male solo artist or Michael original, Bolton. Huh? Michael Bolton. Close. Uh, his his uh, original name is Ernest Evans. He was born in South Carolina, but was raised in South Philly. Had two different trips to number one with the song the week of uh, September sixteenth, nineteen sixty, and then again after an appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show, January nineteen sixty two, for two more weeks. The song had its own dance move. Was even mentioned in a bizarre in that bizarre Beatles song, Revolution Number no. Nine. Even had success with the '80s rap band The Fat Boys with their nineteen eighty eight rendition. Chuck Berry twist. Very good. Boom. Nice. You nailed it. I thought I was going to have to keep going there and say like he, it was so. Before successful. you said Ed Sullivan, I was thinking Biv of Belvedere DeVoe. <laughs> <laughs> that girl is poison, Todd. That's poison. Right. That's right. P-p- poison. Yeah, so that was number one, The Twist by, which ironically is, again, not not his original song. That was a, a song was written by an R&B band called Hank Ballard and the Midnighters. There's a B-side B to a single called, uh, B-side to their single Teardrops on, their, on Your Letter, and the version only got the number 28. But they were the ones who wrote it. Okay. Chubby Checker's the one that took it. He's just the one that took it to made stardom. It, yep, made it famous. Anyway, back to Betty Davis Eyes. Okay. Originally originally co-written and performed by Hazel, Kentucky's own Jackie Del Shannon in 1974. Hazel's a, like a little town right on the Kentucky-Tennessee border, not far from the Tennessee River or the Kentucky Lake. I'm not sure where the Kentucky Lake ends and Tennessee so River So it's kind of more begins. of the uh, western side of Kentucky? Western side of Kentucky, okay. not far from that Tennessee River, right gotcha. on the border, Kentucky. Gotcha, gotcha. But I, I think the Kentucky Lake goes a little bit into Tennessee. I think so, yeah. I don't know why. Why is it like? Where, where's it? Where's the lake end and the river begin? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a river the whole way. Yeah, maybe there's a block and dam there. I don't know. I think so. I think there is. Is that what? Is that I the think difference? There might be. I, yeah, I, I, I think there'd have to be. I know there's a prison. There's a prison. There's a prison down there. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. I've heard about yeah people. Or is, is that? that is that like Barkley? That might be Barkley. I don't because I Cumberland, get all that confused. Barkley is Cumberland, and Cumberland goes in Nashville. And that's the route most people take. Yeah, I don't know. I just remember going down there and being on boats and you know camping trips and all that stuff, and you drive by and there's that big prison up on the hill. It may not be that far down. That might. I don't I've know. heard a lot of people mention that. Yeah, Tennessee that goes on down to like I think you can get all the way to. Well, hell, I think. You can, well, what's um, what's the first big town in Alabama? Um, Huntsville. Oh, Huntsville. Yeah, it'll get you to Huntsville. I think it might even get you down to Birmingham. I'm not sure. Okay. But, okay, so yeah, it was uh, written by Jackie Del Shannon. She's more famous for what the world needs now is love, sweet love, mm-hmm. and put a little love in your heart. It's probably more more famous hits. But yeah, she was the she's the one who wrote it and first uh, recorded it. But yeah, Kim Carnes. So one took it to the stratosphere. Okay, cool. Uh, it's next, all about the timing. Yeah, it's, I, I guess. I mean, you'd think somebody is, that was doing as well as Jackie Del Shannon would have better success with it. Because Kim Carnes, I mean, right. outside of Betty Davis' eyes, I mean, what has stood the test of time? Yeah, uh, I can't think yeah, of anything. Exactly. All right, next song, I Feel For You by Shaka Khan. Nice. I, see, this is one I thought you would have known. I had no clue that this was actually a Prince song in his 79 album. Really? It is a Prince song. 
It's, I, I, I did I not went and listen to it. And it yeah, it, it, it is. The one thing that separates Shaka Khan's version from Prince's is the addition of the rap that introduces okay. the song. And it, it's got a great story. The producer of the track, uh, R.F. Martin, uh, unbeknown to Shaka, brought Grandmaster Billy, Melly Mel's in, in to do the famous rap. Grandmaster Melly Mel of Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five fame. Right. And what's even more interesting is that the first thing you hear in the song was a complete accident. They ran Grandmaster's vocal track through a DMX 1580S uh, so they could try to sample it where Arif uh, saw fit to put it in the song, uh-huh. like the way you hear it now. But Arif uh, uh, held the playback button down too long and, and created that shuck, 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 you know, nice. that you hear at the beginning. Happy little accident. It was just happy. Yeah, he held the button too long. He's like, wow, that's fantastic. That's how we're going to start the song. Right. Complete accident. So Arif surprised Shaka the next day with the final product, and of course she hated it. I mean, could you imagine if I recorded you singing, and I come back with adding a rap using your name as a hook throughout the song? Oh yeah, you know, ta 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 it was going to be a hit, and he wasn't wrong because it went on to win two Grammys for best R&B song and best R&B vocal performance that year. You know, Shaka, is, you know, she she said, you know, I wasn't l- thinking hip hop with this song at all. I was just thinking Prince. You know, do it just basically. Yeah. Well, and now that you say it, yeah, I can. I, just the way the song is structured, it sounds like a Prince song. Prince wrote it. The harmonica was Stevie Wonder. I mean, really? Yeah, it had some heavyweight action going on with it. Jeez. And it wasn't, well, there wasn't any reason to, to doubt uh, Arif because this is the same guy, and you talked about the BJs. This same guy convinced Barry Gibb of the BJs to sing an octave up on the song Blame It All on the Nights on Broadway. Yep. He produced that, uh, I forget what the album was called, something about eating like a feast or full I feast. I don't remember. Yeah. But it's, it's got jive talking on it. It's yep. the same album. He wasn't allowed to go on to do the soundtrack because they moved away from Atlantic, and he was a right, yeah, an Atlantic employee. Yep. So yeah, he so he uh, he convinced Barry Gibb to hit those high octaves, and uh, he's you know he was also the same guy that arranged uh, Hollow Notes' first hit, Sarah Smile. Mm-hmm. Did all the arranging on that, kind of set their tone. Uh, same guy that turned the uh, funk horn band from Scotland called Average White Band into Disco Kings with their. Number one hit instrumental, pick up the pieces. Yep. Uh, 50 gold platinum albums with the likes of Aretha Franklin, Nora Jones, Bette Midler, Ringo Starr, Queen. Gave Phil Collins his first number one song, Take a Look at Me Now Against All Odds. Yeah. Did all their range on that. I mean, the nice. guy's one of the greats. He's got his own story going on. Yeah. But the final one is probably the one that took the cake for me. The final song on my list, Love Hurts by Nazareth. What? Yeah. Famous song from the movie Days and Confused. Uh, uh, not to mention Hair of the Dog album, you know, but the movie where McConaughey earned his all right, all right, all right, right. trademark. Yep. Now, to my amazement, I heard, um, I recently heard Muhlenberg um, County's own version from the Everly Brothers, you know, same county brought the late, great John Prine, did it back in 1960, the exact same song. So the Everly Brothers are the original? They're the originals artist of that song. Of Love Hurts. No but they're kidding. not the ones that wrote it. it. It turns out the song was written by a married couple named Boudelo Bryant and his wife Felice. Oh. Love that name, Boudelo. B-O-U-D-L-E-U-X. 
It's pronounced booby love. So he's New Orleans French. Well, he's um, he comes from a small town of about a thousand people named Shelman, Georgia. It's about a hundred miles north of Tallahassee, Florida. Okay, small town. Uh, he met his wife while he was touring as a musician in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Uh, this couple would go on to write over a thousand recorded songs, starting with a song called "Country Boy," recorded by Bolt, Western Virginia's own Little Jimmy Dickens. That song reached number seven on the country charts in 1980, or I'm sorry, 1948, and that opened the door for them in Nashville to start their songwriting career. Get this, this couple not only wrote the song Love Hurts, but they also wrote Everly Brothers' hits Bye Bye Love, Wake Up Little Susie, All I Have to Do is Dream. Huge songs oh for them. They wrote all three of those songs for them. Uh, the credit for the David Frizzell, Shelly West number one hit song, You're the Reason for God Made Oklahoma. Uh, they wrote songs for Lynn Anderson, the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band, Ray Charles, Roy Clark, Bob Dylan, the Beach Boys. I said the little Jimmy Dickens. Yeah, hit-making machine. Oh, Joan Jett, Graham Parsons, Dean Martin, Eddie Arnold, Tony Bennett, Elvis Costello, Jim, Jim Reeves, Charlie Pride, Jerry Lee Lewis. I mean, you're talking... It's, it's Ridiculous. Said, they guessed about a thousand songs of theirs were recorded. Oh no, shit. I mean, a couple. And I've never heard of them. And no one's ever heard of them. No uh, one's ever heard of them. That's crazy. But their biggest song came in 1967 when they were down in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. Todd, I'm going to see if you can guess what this song is. Oh, my God. Um, this song was so successful and so embraced by the people around Gatlinburg that it became the official state song in Tennessee, the fight song in the University of Tennessee Volunteers, and is played at about every wedding reception in the country with its own line dance where couples hold hands. From their outstretched arms, Rocky Top. Each other. Say it, Rocky Top. Rocky Top. Yes, exactly. That that by far is probably their most. Even I don't know if it's money wise, but it's the song. Oh, it's got to be the one played. Yeah, it's it's yeah. God. So that so anytime you now hear the Scottish Scottish singer Dan McCafferty of Nazareth belt out "Love Hurts," you you now know that. It came from the same couple that brought the world good old Rocky Top, Rocky Top, that's Tennessee. Insane. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I know. I, 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 that's blew my mind. Now, on this couple, and I've already forgotten their names, it's uh, uh, Budlo Bryant Bud- and his Budo. wife Felice. Okay. Did, was there, like, like, if I want to go dig on the internet, is there a wealth of information about them, or is it? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, that's all interviews. That and... sounds like something I'd be fascinated with just kind of looking up and reading about. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's it, it's just one of those discoveries. You just yeah, you start looking. You, you look at something. It's like that, that's not what I would expect it. And no, then, yeah. You dig. You start digging, and you find all this information. That's out. crazy. Yeah, I, I love hurts and Rocky Top Tennessee, written by the same people. <laughs> that's so wild. Yeah, but that's my report. Five songs I did not know were. Okay. Not original artists, original songs. Well, I will put the five cover versions up on the playlist. Okay. And then leave it up to the listeners to go digging around for the originals if they'd like. And the five originals are probably easily found. They're out there. Yeah. If you want to do that too. Yeah. They probably know the, you know, the famous versions, but. Yeah. So I don't know. It might be something to think about. Yeah. I'll, I'll see how it plays out. Cool. That's awesome, dude. Yeah, I thought that was. I thought you enjoyed that. I, yeah, that's I'll, why I didn't want to tell you. No, you you weren't. You weren't. Normally, you give me a clue or tell me what you're doing or whatever, and I just got five songs that were covers. And you did not know any five of those. No, 
Okay. Yeah. Right. I figured that Prince one you might know. Just no. You're a Prince fan. Uh-uh. But I mean, it's it's it's, it's kind of like we talked about with last week with Corey and the Elton John and XS thing. Once you say it out loud, it's like I can hear it in my head and go, okay, yeah, that sounds like Prince music. Well, I had to look. It's like, what? Okay, well, if Prince did that. What else did he do? He was oh. like, you talk about the Bee Gees. Prince is another yeah, one. Prince is another one. Uh, the, the, probably the most famous is the Sinead O'Connor. Yeah, nothing compares nothing to you. Nothing compares to you. Uh, Tom Jones Kiss. Yeah, which he had a hit which with. Which he had a hit with. Um, Manic yeah. Monday by the Manic Bangles. Manic Monday, the Bangles. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Prince is songwriter, man. I, and I told you a story about T- Stevie Nicks where... Or, yeah, just showed st- up and... Song, hit yep. song for her solo album was Stand Back. He just showed up yep. and laid down the, the main hook of the song mm-hmm. on the keyboard and just walked out and didn't talk to anybody. Yeah. Just, just little <laughs> musical gifts everywhere. Yeah. Prince awesome. is special. Well, my song this week, uh, I'm kind of feed into it a little bit. I did uh, found some info on, of course, the Wikipedia stuff. Kind of dove into some Reddit pages this week. Really? I've, I've never known you to be a Reddit guy. I, I've never been a Reddit guy. I've kind of stumbled across it from time to time. It's an interesting platform. It, it, it's, it's a little overwhelming, I think, at sometimes. A lot of information. A lot of information. But I'm going to go... Uh, before Tenacious D, before Flight of the Concords, you know, that whole kind of comedy music kind of thing. Which we thrived on. Which we thrived on. I'm going to take us back to 1984, Pennsylvania. 84? 1984, Pennsylvania. Okay. Two students in a typing class sitting <laughs> next to each other find that they have a love of music as well as a love for music by Prince. Prince brought... Prince- Brought them together. I don't know if Prince brought them together, but it was certainly a common thread. Well, that, that was the, um, what was the, uh, Purple Rain year. Yep. They've got real names. I'm not worried about the real names. You can look them up and see what the real names are. But what is important is what they embraced as their names. And similar to uh, Ramon's kind of moniker. Okay. These two kids became Dean and Gene Ween. <laughs> and formed the band Ween. <laughs> Ah, now, which which I must say, you proudly um, I do have a poster, frame poster I, of I these two lovely gentlemen. Yeah, on your wall. Ween is important to me. How's that? Ween is one of when I first heard the record that I'm referencing today, which is called "God Ween Satan," the the oneness mm-hmm. came out in 1990. Yeah. Growing up, you kind of have those aspirations of. Man, I want to be a rock star. I want to do this or I want to do that. Hearing this Ween record made me believe I may not be a big star, but certainly writing stupid songs and recording them is very attainable. <laughs> right. Yeah, I got and it's, you. This, this record is what started my journey to buying a four track. And Really? Oh, yeah. Because oh. It, it's, it's so simply, it's so simple and it's so but it's complicated. It's, it's very, it's very strange, but the production's very low. It's, you know, it's not by today's standards, clear and crisp. It's two dudes in a bedroom getting <laughs> high, writing stupid songs and recording them. And the album is called God, Ween, Satan. God, Ween, Satan, the oneness, the oneness, the oneness. Nice. Yes. Nice. Before I get into Ween too much, they do have a mascot, which is the little 
crazy-haired, smiley-face-looking drawing that's on most of their album covers. That is referred to as, I think I'm saying this right, the Bugnish, B-O-O-G-N-I-S-H, <laughs> which is basically a demon god that has seven horns and ten teeth, again, featured on most of the records. Now, is this their creation? Or is this like I believe mythology? it's their creation, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. yep. Uh, I, you know, I, again, you're sitting around getting high in your bedroom recording stupid songs. You come up with backstory stuff. It yeah, it sounds like a is yeah. a, a mug of bush and or yeah, as a, a mug being smoked on that one. Right. What I love about Ween is, and and again, I'm going to say that over time their sound has combined these influences, but on these er, on this record, it is not one genre. It's their sound has included funk, soul, country, gospel, prog, psychedelia, R and B, metal, punk, and more. It's a very highly eclectic, which is one of my favorite words, eclectic. Eclectic. It's a, it's a very highly eclectic sound. You never know what you're going to get. And I love that because you'll go from one song to the next and it will be just a complete different feel. It's not like when you buy in Motley Crue, Girls, 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 you know it's a rock album. Right. With them, one song could be a rock song. Next one could have a funk feel to it. Next one's got a jazzy feel to it. Next one's just fucking noise indie rock at its finest indie rock at its finest yes and uh their sound they describe it as brown it is a brown sound (laughs) so uh i don't even know what that means yeah well yeah that's yeah it's bizarre (laughs) uh again the production as their this was the first record released by them now prior to this they had released cassettes to friends and you know written the songs recorded them Released them to friends. This album has been uh, has been known as kind of the best of of that era. It's kind of taken all these. I think there were six cassette tapes of songs, compiling them into one thing. It seems twenty six songs long, but songs are you know sometimes they're a minute long, sometimes they're three minutes long. That's what I was wondering because "Cold and Wet" is just six sentences. Yeah, it's just same That's thing. It. Yeah, over and over. Again, and as you know, if you get into later Ween albums, production gets better. Uh, you know, they actually go to real studios and start doing stuff. It's still kind of crazy and out there, but for me, just this raw four track in a bedroom sound is what I'm drawn to. I love it. It's just it's real. It's there's no bullshit to it. What's, well, that's what I was wondering if uh, if if that's what you liked about Ween or the later stuff. I like for me, this is the best album. I like some of the later stuff. I mean, they've they did one country record that was all country songs. Yeah. Um, you know, I've always kind of enjoyed Ween, but for me, it's it's this early stuff just because it's so raw, it's so stupid, and it's so attainable. Yeah. It's it's hearing something and going, shit, I could do that. It reminds me of you say Ween. The one that did it for me was Beck Stereo Pathetic Manure. Uh huh. That that was again like done on a four track right it's just a it's just one huge variety show it's got 26 tracks yeah. on it and i'm a fan of that album i really but when he got more polished and got a studio sound going i'm not as big a fan of that right yeah no it just it loses something yeah i mean it's it's a natural progression i think but just that real i mean it's it's like seeing it's like seeing your favorite band when they're coming up in a club of like 500 people versus seeing in the arena of 10,000 people. It's a different experience. Yeah. So, and again, this, you know, way before home recording was a thing, you know, 
that you know now you can do everything on GarageBand or what right. you can make anything sound good. So the idea of doing it on a four track and just having that not great sound and that hiss and the I don't know there's some it all direct there's some straight to cassette. Yeah, there's something about it. There's <laughs> something about it. you know people talk about records and how you can hear all the whatever. It's there's something about that four track sound that I just I mean it's it's real. Yeah, it, it makes it feel real. And this this record for me has so many great songs, and I'm just going to touch on a few. This thing opens up with "You Fucked Up," <laughs> and this is basically someone has disked Gene, and he's not happy, and they will suffer the consequences. Wow! And it's straight it's straight to the point. And then one of the reviews I've, I read is is he does not deliver the intensity in the vocals live like he does on this song, okay. which I can't because he is. I mean, he is heartbroken, screaming. Oh, it's caught in a moment. Oh, yeah. Yep. Next one I like on this record that stands out for me is a song called Tick. I love it because it's everything, you know, growing up, I remember, you know, running through the weeds at grandma's and you'd come back and there'd be a tick on you and it was everything. I mean, the lyrics are, I'll get you, I'll burn you, I'll crush you, I'll flush you down, down into the toilet where you will spiral around and around. And it's everything. You had a tick on you, you either smashed it with a hammer, burned it with a match, Flush it down the toilet. It's it's or just flick it off of you. No, you always want to kill it. You always want to get rid of that tick. Ticks are nasty. Yeah, I, I think there's some issues personally going on. You know, to oh yeah, extreme. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. I've I've gotten some sort of weird allergy to pork and beef based off a tick bite. So yeah, yeah, you got a vendetta. I understand, yeah. fuckers. V for vendetta. Yeah. Uh, another song on here that I like. I got a weasel, and in the comments, just kind of looking up the songs and seeing what people say about them, the description of the song was, it's about a weasel that runs upstairs and sings like David Lee Roth. So good. That was I got to listen to this album. That was on the, uh, that was a comment on songmeanings.com. Yeah. Weasel <laughs> that runs upstairs and sings like David Lee Roth. That's the comment. I Interesting concepts. Here. Yeah. Uh, they got a love song on there called Don't Laugh, I Love You. Interesting. <laughs> it's a very interesting song. You can see where Tenacious D got their influence. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to believe. Uh, another hit on that record for me is a song called Never Squeal. This song is full of good advice. You know, never squeal on the pusher. Don't lie to your mama. Don't fly in the daytime. Never smuggle no candy. And what's interesting to me about this song, Chainsaw Solo, pre-Jackal, pre-Lumberjack song. Chainsaw yeah, it would be, Solo. It? Yeah, it's close. So the yeah, Jackal song could have been in existence, just not made it to the record yet. Yeah, I was just saying, I was like ninety ninety one. Yeah, so it's real, it's real close. Yeah, but but the only other song I know of with a chainsaw solo. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, that's true. I can't think of a third. Yeah, and again, it, it, yeah, this to me is a great record, start to finish. Goes on and on. My pick of this week, sixth song on the record, flows right out of Fat Lenny. You mentioned it, Cold and Wet. Perfect song. It's mid January. Oh the, yeah, there ain't shit to do outside. If you yeah. go outside, you're gonna get one of two things: cold, or wet, or both. Yeah, yeah. And then Danny, you, you got that right. Yep. And but, that's it. And it, it. You're the cold. You're wet, or you're both. And it's, you know, I, I have to question. You know, hot and dizzy. You better, you better get busy. And make me some soup before I get yep. sick. Yep. I, I question that. You know, because like soup, really, is that going to save you from getting sick? But actually. There's plenty of evidence uh, to support that statement. There is. There's, uh, you know, according to WebMD, chicken soup appears to help fight colds by clearing nasal congestion as well as thin mucus so that you can better cough it up. And it also may have a mild anti-inflammatory effect that can help erate or ease cold symptoms. 
So there's something about getting that hot liquid in you, kind of breaks up that mucus. That sounds kinky. The way it is. Um, and not to mention the emotional support that, you know, chicken soup for the soul. Can chicken do. soup for the soul. That's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, no, no, they're, they're not only are they, you know, creative, but they are very smart. Yep, they are. Like you mentioned the lyrics, I'm cold and wet. Can't you hear what I'm saying to you? Cold and wet. It's the message I'm conveying to you. How many times do I has to, it, now it's has. How many times do I has? Yeah. Not have, has to tell you he was in that I'm moment. cold and wet. All right. Hot and dizzy, you got me in a tizzy, honey. Hot and dizzy, you better get busy and make me some soup before I get sick. And that's and the that's song. the lyrics. Yeah, and that's it's, it. And it's that twice now. <laughs> oh God, you know I love it because they do it twice, but they go through the verse first. There's a guitar solo, and then the second time they go through the verse, there's this Eddie Van Halen finger tap accompaniment to it <laughs> right. that is brilliant. I love it. <laughs> Uh, you know, again, the guitar, the sweeping intro is, is cool. It's a nice upbeat song. Tone is heavy and fuzzy and everything I love about rock guitar. So there was a guy in the Rollins band, Henry Rollins named Andrew. I think it's Weiss, Weiss, something like that. He did a lot of production on early, uh, Ween stuff. He was, he was very instrumental. I think he even played in some of their live shows. But one of the, one of the quotes I found was Henry Rollins once warned a crowd, I guess that Ween was opening for Rollins. He warned the crowd to start liking them now. You will get down on your filthy knees and crawl to the altar that is Ween. <laughs> and and I kind of stand by that statement. If you're not on board with Ween, it's it's probably time. Might as well just do it. And they came along at the right time because that was the beginning of the end for the quote unquote hair metal yeah. era. I mean, Nirvana yeah. would come along. It's very and... DIY, you know, punk at it. I mean, it's just yeah. it's so it's just crazy. Getting away from that studio perfection that yep. was all that music in the late eighties. Yeah. And then uh the other thing I put on here in my notes is there's a side band. If 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 you listen to Ween and you like him but you think to yourself, God, I wish I wish there was a version of this, but just a little more rock and roll, a little heavier. Okay. Go check out the Moist Boys. M O I S T B O Y Z. Yeah, it's one of the one of the Ween boys and another guy. And it's got a very similar feel. A little more polished, a little more produced. Still got that four track feel to it. Still got that drum machine feel to it, but full attitude. Hell of a name, Moist Boys. Moist Boys, yeah. Yep. So that's my, uh, so Ween, Cold and Wet. Yeah. As well as the whole God Ween Satan album. Yeah, I'm going to have to go listen to that. It's It's, been forever. It is. It's, and, and like I said, it's easily digestible. Songs are really short <laughs> and really simple. Right. But a lot of fun to listen to. Okay. So that's it. That's what I got. All right, cool. It's, my, it's January. Don't, you know, if you get cold, you get wet, get you some soup. Yeah. Yeah. I recommend go out and I think soup's on sale at the store. So take and, advantage. And even if it's not, it's pretty cheap usually. Yeah. This time of year, it, you know, Campbell's pushes their product. Oh, dude. Good, a, you know? a lot of price fluctuation. Yeah. That chicken noodle, you can get like something. I've seen it for four for a dollar. Oh yeah. yeah. So take advantage. Oh, you know, and put your own ingredients in, you know, put some healthy stuff in there. I would say we always I would I would say at any given point we always have at least a can of double noodle and a can of tomato soup in the closet. And you should, as you should as, because you never know. There's there's nothing greater than not knowing what you want to eat. You want something simple and that tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches, shut your face. But I I highly recommend drain the juice. Drain the juice. Yeah, all that salt. It's kind of, no, you don't want all oh, that You can't salt. do it in tomato soup, though. 
Not not tomato soup, chicken but noodle. But the chicken noodle got drained yeah. the juice. Tomato, okay. you got no choice. Yeah, I've never thought about it. I'll do that. Yeah, drain that. Just use water and put your own spices. Like I put, you know, like cayenne, a little bit of garlic right. in there, you know. Put some spinach, a little mushroom. Gotcha. You know, it's, it's sort of like a Tortino's party pizza, man. It's just a, it's just the start of it. Okay. It's up to yeah. you to Yeah, my tomato rest. soup uh, is, I don't put traditional crackers in it. I go cheese nips or Cheez-Its. Yeah. Those are my crackers. And then I put a little Tabasco in there. Yeah, you got spice. Well, hot sauce in the yeah. tomato, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then dip my grilled cheese into the tomato soup. It just adds to fun. Ridiculous. Yeah. Good times. All right. That's it, Jim. All right, man. Another successful podcasting episode. Day of educating and expanding minds. We, yeah, we've learned a lot today. We have learned it's a lot pretty today. Pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, uh, rate, subscribe, tell your friends, send us an email. You got any good question of the week? We haven't done questions for a while. I know last week, Corey had a question. Oh, you know, I haven't even thought about it. Yeah, we need to get back in. I like that question thing. We need to get a question going every week. Yeah. So until we come up with a question of the week, if you got anything you want to send us, got a question, something you want us to answer, something you want us to talk about. And if you want to be the 11th person to rate, go ahead. That's right. That's, let's keep this train rolling, man. Because, you know, not, not everybody gets a chance to be the 11th person. That's right. It all starts with you. <laughs> but now if you got questions got something you want us to talk about every playlist tells a story at gmail.com on all the social media stuff uh spotify playlist i'll throw a bunch of songs on there to entertain you if you're not familiar with them and uh thanks for listening bye-bye